It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, January 30th. Coming up this hour. U.S. futures drop ahead of a big week for earnings and interest rate decisions. Amazon and Apple lead more than 100 companies reporting results. The Fed, ECB, and BOE all set to make policy decisions. And President Biden prepares for talks with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on the debt ceiling. Protests were held in New York City and across the nation over the Memphis police beating of Tyree Nichols. Plus, how young is too young for social media? Media. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stash, Aaron Sports. The Eagles blew out the 49ers. The Chiefs edge the Bengals, Philadelphia, and Kansas City will play in Super Bowl 57. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. While futures are lower this morning, we do enter the day in bullish fashion. The S&P 500 is up 6% so far this month, while the tech-heavy Nasdaq is higher by 11%. But one noted Wall Street analyst says, sell this rally. Let's get the latest live with Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. A team of strategists led by Morgan Stanley's Mike Wilson urges investors to cash out now. Wilson writing, the recent price action is more a reflection of the seasonal January effect and short covering after a tough end to December and a brutal year. Despite signs of an economic slowdown, investors are pouring money into companies that exceeded expectations. Analysts say that dynamic is likely tied to companies' restructuring and cost-cutting plan efforts. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Steve, thank you. Well, it's also been a good January for crypto investors. Bitcoin has set for its best January since 2013 on bets that monetary tightening and the crypto sector crisis are both ebbing. The largest token is up over 40% since the start of the year. Smaller coins like Solana have doubled in value as part of a $280 billion climb in digital assets this month. That figure, according to CoinGecko. Well, this week's another big one for earnings, Karen. More than 100 companies in the S&P 500 are reporting and we get a preview from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. 
Microsoft and Intel rattled investors last week. Lisa Shallot is Chief Investment Officer for Wealth Management at Morgan Stanley. She says it's a bad omen for the U.S. economy. There is definitive risk uh, to the earnings profile as both pricing power and volumes decline, uh, coming off what has been a historic stimulus over the last two and a half years uh, and a pull forward in demand. This week, we will hear from tech giants, including Apple, Alpha. Alphabet, Meta Platforms, Qualcomm, and Amazon also reporting ExxonMobil, Ford, GM, McDonald's, and Starbucks. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thank you. Well, it's also a big week for central banks and economic data. We get both the Fed decision and January's jobs report. And here with more is Bloomberg Economics correspondent Michael McKee. Wednesday's Fed meeting will dominate the headlines early. That, although a quarter percentage point increase in the nation's benchmark borrowing rate is pretty much baked in, it would take a surprise to really move markets. Friday is Jobs Day, however, and that data will do a lot to inform how investors think about the Fed's next move. So far, the central bank has raised rates by 4.5% this year, but unemployment is unchanged. Does hiring slow and job loss accelerate? And most important, do average hourly wage gains slow? Those will be key data points for Fed officials considering any additional policy change. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. Hi, Mike. Thanks. We also get key rate decisions in Europe this week. And for the latest on that, we go live to London and Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. The European Central Bank will be in focus this Thursday. Investors will be watching for the messaging as to whether this week's likely 50 basis point hike will be followed by another of the same magnitude. The UK Central Bank, meanwhile, makes its decision on the same day. The Bank of England also expected to raise by 50 basis points, bringing rates to 4%. The BOE has little reason to shy away, given the economy's been more resilient than expected, and a tight labour market and spiralling wage growth are in focus. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ewan, thank you. Well, staying in Europe, thousands of job cuts are on the way at Dutch medical equipment maker Royal Philips. We caught up with CEO Roy Jacobs earlier this morning. We have announced, indeed, that we are going to reduce the workforce by another 6,000 people. Now, that's a sizable and impactful measure, but we see it necessary to, indeed, address the rising cost across um, uh, the company and the world. Philip CEO Roy Jacobs says the cuts are in addition to 4,000 job cuts announced last year, and shares are up more than 6% on the news. And we're also watching shares of Adani Group in India this morning. It has been a tumultuous few days for the company owned by billionaire Gautam Adani. The shares fell 18% on Friday after allegations of fraud by short seller Hindenburg Research. Adani has hit back with a 413-page rebuttal of those accusations. That's lifting shares a bit this morning. Right now they're up about 5%. Well, back here in the U.S., Nathan, politics in focus. President Biden has agreed to meet with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on Wednesday to discuss the debt ceiling and avoiding a U.S. default. Bloomberg's Amy Morris has details from our 99.1 newsroom in Washington. The White House says President Biden will ask McCarthy if he'll meet what he calls his constitutional obligation to prevent a default. McCarthy says he'll press for changes in spending. We're not going to default, but let me be very honest with you right now. We have hundreds of billions of dollars. This won't come to fruition until sometime in June. So the responsible thing to do is sit down like two adults and start having that discussion. House Speaker McCarthy on CBS's Face the Nation heard Sundays here on Bloomberg Radio. Republicans want to extract spending cuts, including 
including Social Security and Medicare benefits in exchange for raising the borrowing cap. Biden has urged McCarthy to raise it without conditions. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris. Bloomberg Daybreak. Thank you, Amy. S&P futures right now are down 35 points. And straight ahead, we have your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. It's 43 degrees in Central Park. It'll be partly sunny and fairly mild today, getting up to near 50. Some showers possible this evening, otherwise mostly cloudy. We'll get back down to the low 30s. Time to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world with Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Demonstrations were held across the nation after video showed the deadly beating of Tyree Nichols by Memphis police officers. The Memphis officers were fired and faced murder charges, and their so-called Scorpion Unit has been disbanded by the police. Chief. In New York City, a protest was held in Washington Square over the weekend. Event organizer Timothy Hunter says many in the community feel a responsibility to protect others from suffering a similar fate. Justice isn't the reaction after it happens. Justice is stopping it from ever happening again. Pressure continues on Capitol Hill lawmakers to act on long-stalled federal police reform legislation in the wake of Tyree Nichols. Former Governor Chris Christie of New Jersey talked about the overhaul of a police department in his state. Camden, New Jersey, was the most dangerous city in America for about a decade. And we disbanded the entire police force and brought in a new one. We taught police officers in that city skills for violence de-escalation. Former New Jersey Governor Christie spoke to ABC. Protests took place on New York City's Upper West Side last night after learning migrants bused from southern border states will be bused once again to Brooklyn. They are currently being housed at the Watson Hotel in Manhattan. This person is a volunteer. It's not humane. This is not the way you treat human beings. New York City officials say after receiving tens of thousands of migrants relocated from states like Texas, they have to look at other places to accommodate people. Israel carried out a drone strike targeting a defense compound in Iran. According to the Wall Street Journal, people familiar with the operation say the U.S. and Israel are looking for new ways to contain Tehran's nuclear and military ambitions. How young is too young for social media? Surgeon General Vivek Murthy says he thinks 13 is too young for children to be on social media. He says kids are still developing their identity at that age. Dr. Alok Patel, pediatrician with Stanford Children's Health, agrees. The Surgeon General is absolutely correct in my professional opinion that children aged 13 are simply too young to be on social media, scrolling through those platforms, and frankly, getting addicted. Dr. Patel spoke to ABC. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Time now for the uh, Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. It'll be the Eagles and Chiefs in Phoenix. Two teams have combined to win only three of the 56 Super Bowls. Andy Reid will go against the team he coached for 13 years. Travis Kelsey will play against his brother, Jason. Vegas had the game as a pick Philadelphia is now a slight two-point favorite. They improved to 16-1 with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. 
He led them to a rout of the 49ers, 31-7. The Niners had no chance. When their QB, Brock Purdy, hurt his elbow, and then his backup, Josh Johnson, went into concussion protocol, so they had to bring Purdy back, but he couldn't throw a pass. And they go down in the NFC Championship game for the second year in a row. After their 12-game winning streak came to an end, the Bengals' 10-game streak ended. Chiefs avenge three straight losses to Cincinnati, including one in overtime in last year's AFC title game. This one looked to be headed to OT, but KC in the final minute had a long punt return. The Bengals committed a costly penalty and tied at 20. It was time for a championship-winning field goal. Harrison Butker, the biggest kick of his Chiefs' life. Placement is down. Butker's kick is up. The spinning kick high, floating in the air, and it is good! 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 Did Cincinnati call timeout? They did not! They did not! They did not! It's a field goal from 45 yards out by Harrison Butker. Chiefs radio the call. Patrick Mahomes bothered by an ankle injury, but he still threw for 326 yards. At the Garden, St. John's nearly lost to lowly Georgetown. Pulled out a 75-73 win. Hoyas have lost 30 of their last 31 in the Big East. Novak Djokovic's 10th Australian Open title gives him 22 Grand Slams. Now tied with Rafael Nadal. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. As we get ready to kick off a very busy week for central bank decisions in the U.S. and around the world, as well as earnings with more than 100 companies in the S&P 500 reporting this week. Let's get a look at this market now. We're joined by Dennis Gartman, the chairman of the University of Akron Endowment Investment Committee and the former publisher of the Gartman Letter. Dennis, good morning. We are seeing futures firmly in the red this morning. Is this the peak of the January rally? It may well be. (laughs) Time shall tell. I had been bearish of of stocks basically since January of last year. And about four weeks ago, I started to turn quietly, marginally, modestly, slightly uh, bullish of, of equities. But uh, I have to admit that today's action looks uh, really quite uh, horrific, to be, to be blunt. And we may well have seen the, t- the peak. Everybody's looking forward to, I shouldn't say forward, everybody's looking to the uh, Fed's decision this week. Uh, right now, the consensus is the Fed's going to raise the overnight Fed funds rate by 25 basis points. I have a sneaky suspicion they'll probably go by 50, but time shall tell. 
but we have a you had a, a, a strong rally since uh, October of last year. Uh, we found some support for the S and P. We found some support for the Nasdaq, but uh, the rally had uh, has probably exhausted itself. So, I, in my own account, I'm I'm marginally long, about ten percent uh, net long, and I'm probably going to start taking some some uh, safety against that this morning and 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 put in some uh, derivatives to to hedge my position. You said there's a possibility that the Fed could go 50 basis points. What makes you think that? Yes. The language coming from uh, Mr. Powell, uh, he's been very consistent. We'll see. I was one of the first people to say that the Fed was going to take rates towards 5%. I, I said that almost uh, 14 months ago. And the fact that uh, that we raised 75 basis points what, for the last three or four meetings, uh, the, the odds of them going only 25, I think, are relatively slim. Time shall tell. We'll see. Uh, the Fed is nowhere near done tightening monetary policy at this point, and we we need to pay more attention to what they're doing to their balance sheet. It's still above eight trillion dollars. It needs to get down to four four point four to five trillion over the course of the next year or two, and that's to me even more important than what they do with the overnight Fed funds rate. Is it more important for uh, equity valuations? What makes it more important? The fact that the Fed will be has been and shall continue to be taking liquidity out of the market for a protracted period of time. They raised the over their their balance sheet from uh, what nine hundred billion dollars to nine trillion dollars. It took uh, almost a decade to accomplish that task. It's going to take them a long period of time to resolve that to get that uh, balance sheet back to four to five trillion dollars instead, which would still be a a top heavy balance sheet. But the fact that they're taking the liquidity that had sponsored the great bull market that we had two years ago. Uh, that, that liquidity is being taken away. That's the one caveat that you have to be concerned about if you're an overt bull. As I said, as I said I'm marginally bullish, have been for the past three or four weeks, but uh, today's action does look uh, deleterious, looks detrimental, looks uh, a little suspicious, and I'm going to be taking some protection this morning. Is uh, the policy moves that the Fed is making now, is that the right prescription for the inflation that we've seen so far? Is the Fed possibly hiking into a recession the fed is almost certainly hiking into a recession and i think that's actually the right thing to i think they're taking the right the right course of action uh the the question shall be where how how far will they take the overnight fed funds rate to reach the terminal rate as we now call it i think they want to get it to five and a quarter percent and then even even once they get there they won't be cutting rates they won't be uh easing monetary policy they won't be making the these long forecasted uh, pivot for a long period of time, probably not into 2024 before they actually begin to move rates slower again. So I think they're doing the right thing. Well, what's that going to mean for uh, equity valuations if we do see that kind of tightening go forward? All things being otherwise equal, once you get a bounce, which maybe that's what we've seen since the, from, from the lows in October to the highs of, uh, last week, uh, maybe that's the, the, the fact that uh, we, we, we had a nice technical bounce and, and the fact that they're going to be taking liquidity away from the market should be deleterious to share prices. So I, I'm, I'm on the edge right now. As I said, I was marginally bullish, and the operative word here is marginally. Uh, time shall tell, but uh, I, I'm, I'm not uh, at all happy with what I'm seeing this morning. And as I said, I'm going to be taking uh, some, uh, some derivative positions to hedge my position and get back to neutral. I'm not overtly bullish. I'm marginally so. And I and I feel a little discomfort this morning watching this watching red across the board in bonds, in stocks, in the dollar, uh, in gold. So we we may have seen a little change here. 
This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CutterEconomicForum.com.